Hey there! Thank you for checking out the Battleface podcast. This project was born as a way for me and my buddy Derringer to talk about all the nerdy things that we like, and we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram at the Battleface. Now, on to the episode. The Battleface podcast is broadcast live on Fridays and Sundays, and we encourage you to come hang out and chat with Bard and Dare live. Now, prepare to declare attacks. You are entering the Battleface. Hello, everyone. You have entered the battle phase. It is I, the Midnight Bard, your favorite bard. And the person sitting next to me who is obsessing over chicken sandwiches from each state is Derringer. Yeah, well, thanks for telling me we're going live. It's the time. It's the time to go live. It it, it could have not been the time. And and coincidentally, coincidentally, it's, you know, how it, it always is that sometimes, you know, like we'll go live and the the mics won't be live for a second this one happened to be live just as you were like talking about like different like the the texas sandwich just being like an entire fried chicken on a bun and you know what it is it is basically an entire fried chicken on a bun is it, it now? looks like there's just like a whole fucking chicken yay with like it looks like they got lazy mm-hmm. and they didn't even like cut up the pickles and there's just like full pickles hell yeah from, uh, I, I like it. Tumble twenty two in Austin. I don't know. I've never been. I mean, I've been to Austin. Everyone's all like, "Oh, well, I keep Austin weird." But I was there for a long time, and I never saw any weirdness. I was like, "Wait, when does when does it get weird?" And they were like, "Oh, you just you know, it happens." And I was like, "Does it happen frequently? You people seem basic as hell right now." So you know, it, it's one of those things. Uh, but uh, welcome to everyone in the chat. It is the Battle Phase Podcast. It's the podcast where every week Darren and I discuss all of the cool things that crossed our collective feeds. Uh, we love stuff like anime, video games, comic books, uh, what you call it, trading cards, and movies and stuff like that. So anything that uh, happens to fit those general ideas are things that we're interested in and might show up on this podcast. And if you have things that you'd like for us to look into and discuss in future podcasts, feel free to drop them in the comments below. Otherwise, welcome to the battle phase. Uh, and before we get started, again, please just just the formalities. Let's get the formalities out of the way. Remember to like, sub, and share if you feel like uh, you know, you can share it with somebody who would, whose life would be enriched by hearing our unhinged takes. Uh, so, what are you up to this week, Dare? Uh, no, nothing. I didn't do anything. What are you talking nothing. about? You, you, you were streaming uh, Dota uh, earlier. Uh, nothing. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> Dare is up to nothing. Uh, so, well, did you change the description? Just gonna ask that real quick because talking about the thirty three hundred thousand dollars in trading cards from, that we talked about last yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's something that's that there's actually an oh, update to. Oh, there's an update to it. Okay. Yeah, there's an update. Yeah, to it. see that shows you how much I've like paid attention this week because I don't think I submitted anything. Uh, well, speaking uh, of paying attention, uh, here here's a th- this week we actually have two different slides for what we're watching this week, and one of the slides is something that I sent to you earlier. 
you said that you hadn't gotten around to it, but basically there's been kind of like a huge uprising in the Yu-Gi-Oh community because uh, uh, a legendary Hearthstone player tried out Master Duel and he was upset because four hours in, he says that he didn't understand the game. Which is a fair thing to say. I mean, it's a lot to the game to try to understand within a short amount of time. Look, I, I'm willing to, to grant that it's not the easiest game to pick up. But additionally, I mean, like, whenever I'm watching the video, and he, the, I might be missing context here because it's kind of like a condensed video. I'm watching the, the reaction from two different Yuki tubers being Farfa and MBT. And, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of like, you know, fast forwarding through parts, they're skipping uh, di different parts. And every time that, you know, they're, they're watching, a, you know, watching him try to play, he's complaining about things like, well, there's no mana. Well, you know, like, I don't understand what this card does. And, you know, like stuff like that. And I, I don't know what my opponent's stuff, what my opponent's doing. Why can't, why am I unable to play if he pops off? And the entire time I'm kind of like, okay, well, it's difficult to explain because uh, from the impression that I'm getting from watching his video is that uh, he went into this with a mentality of like, this is going to be like Hearthstone and I can just kind of like go in, you know, get my bearings and since I'm legendary rank in Hearthstone, it's going to translate over, you know, completely ignoring the fact that they're two completely different games, you know, and... Um, and several things that he keeps complaining about. I was like, well, and, you know, like, it just keeps, it's a thing that keeps coming back. It's like, nah, man, I'm not having fun because this is not like Hearthstone. This is not like Hearthstone. I don't understand. This is not like Hearthstone. I was like, well, yeah, dude, it's Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I'm like, come on, bro. Uh, but, like, kind of the, the, the basic gist of it was uh, he says that it's not new player friendly, which, fair, it's not. Um, but also... It's kind of so he he's basically streaming his attempt right, and uh, as he's streaming, he's having his chat kind of guide him, and when the chat is guiding him, they're telling him things that I'm like, I would never in a million years make that recommendation to a new player. Uh, one of the yeah, things because it's Twitch chat. It's, yeah, there's there's your first problem is <laughs> Twitch chat is not a reliable source of information, especially whenever it comes to like playing a new game. Right. Uh, secondly, this wasn't his first time playing Yu-Gi-Oh! No, no, Because no. he had done another stream prior where he had played for like a couple hours. And it was basically the same situation where he was going on about how, well, I don't know how to play and this game's difficult and there's no mana, there's no resource system. And so... It's comparing he, he doesn't really to have that... <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't really have that excuse of being like, well, you, 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 I played this for 10 hours and it doesn't make any sense. Right. You, you kind of need agree a... with him. Yeah. I, I can agree with him that, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I've been playing the game for like 20 years and it doesn't make any sense sometimes. Mm -hmm. But uh, like, I'll agree, like watching just Farfa and MBT's video where they're like, hey, he's just complaining and this the whole time you you would need to watch his actual like vod of the stream to see what he was saying because it, you can easily clip people out of context right you can and uh, yeah. th that's kind of what was something that i was going to say is you know so like uh, from the context that i got it kind of seemed that like his his biggest thing was like uh, the that 
the experience that he has in different card games, and this is something that he said repeatedly. He's like, hey, look, man, I, I'm, I'm, and I play card games for a living, and I don't understand this one. That that would be like, you know, I, I don't know, like, how how could I put this? You know, like, hey, I make pizza for a living, but I've never seen pizza with these ingredients. You know, it's like, yeah, dude, like, you know, things can be different, and you know, like, out of your out of your general pool of knowledge, you know. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of one of those things. So it, it could be the case that Farfa and MBT kind of put him out of context. Now, Farfa and MBT agreed with him is the thing. They said, yeah, it's a difficult game to understand. And Konami sucks at making a friendly new game, making the game friendly to new players. And um, yes and no, uh, be, because here, here's kind of the thing. So like I said, Twitch chat recommended that he buy three of the Salamangrate structure decks and, and play. Which is a Salam- good move. Is it a good move? Because I feel like Salamangrate's very it's technically good, minded. It's a good move for someone who's been playing and has like a basic knowledge of the game. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I say, like, as soon as I said that, I was like, wait, no, this guy's new. That's uh, not good. <laughs> but yeah, like, if you had a someone who was just joining the TCG, mm-hmm. what would you suggest them do? buy a booster box and try to make a deck out of that oh, absolutely or buy not. three structure decks and no. then couple together yeah three structure uh, decks and structure i would decks. and i would recommend a structure deck that's strong but easy to understand like for example trap tricks trap tricks is relatively easy to get you know like hey you know here's what you do you you set up you set up your back row and you link summon so that your resources can keep coming back so but yeah uh, the current like structure decks out there like i would actually say you could go with any of them yeah, I guess like a new person because Crystal Beast is pretty decent. Um, the Albas Strike was pretty gold. good. You know, as a well, matter of fact, Albas the Albas is, Strike is almost like it is almost like a meta deck. But I think I feel like where you're gonna where you're gonna I, hit me. I would is say that the Albas one, yeah, it's meta, but it's like a little more technical. It's right. not hard. It's not like rocket science. No, no, no. You could easily pick it up and play it. Right. Um. But yeah, like Salad that structure deck is you spend like a couple days learning the combo and then you play the combo. Right. And uh, here's, it's not, here's kind of play Yu-Gi-Oh and play. Oh, absolutely not. I didn't just get three salad decks and then, you know, like now we're playing Yu-Gi-Oh, right? It, it's kind of like, uh, I bought three salad decks and now I need an instruction manual. <laughs> but, uh, the thing is that before he, he invested in the Salamangrate deck, he was playing Dragon Maids, which is arguably yeah. a lot easier to understand. And um, so uh, th- these two... But he was also falling into the normal, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel uh, trap of, I'm going to click yes. Yes, he was. And Absolutely. I, I, believe in, <laughs> I, I think it was in one of Farfa's videos. He summoned out, like, Kitchen... And just kept clicking yes. And he sent like <laughs> another kitchen. He sent like his whole hand to the graveyard. He did. And ended the board with like two kitchen dragon maids on the field. Uh, right. Uh, and so- I was just like, okay, dude. Actually, like read what it's telling you to do at least. Because right. you're, you're, you're screwed yourself over. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it's so... I kind of wanted to bring this up here because like both Farfa and MBT did like uh, kind of like a reaction video to his attempt, right? And uh, it, it was kind of like, in their view, they were kind of like, okay, yes, he's making a lot of mistakes. But 
you know, like he's he's also not wrong that that Konami doesn't make it easy to understand. The tutorial on Master Duel doesn't give you a, a good picture of what the actual game is like. So today, uh, I I actually saw the Farfa video where he actually reached out to him and they talked to each other over over voice chat. You know, so like they they were on a voice call and Farfa kind of like started kind of like addressing some of his concerns. And, and, you know, like it's funny because Farfa threw all of the things that I was thinking directly at him. He's like, okay, so you you didn't find the game easy to understand. And he's like, no, I didn't. And Farfa's like, well, my boy, did you read your cards? (laughs) He's all like, okay, look, uh, before before I jumped into the games, you know, like I spent a good amount of time reading my cards. I just didn't show it because, you know, nobody wants to sit there on a stream and watch somebody read cards, right? And I was like, okay, fair. Uh, but, you know, like, so Farva does this thing where he's like, okay, so, you know, like, uh, so he- here's the thing. He's like, all right, you-, you read your cards. What does Kitchen do? A- and he goes like, I don't even know what you mean by that. And I was like, you were playing Dragon Maids, my guy. And, and, and like Farva's like, okay, you... you- you spent four hours playing and you don't remember what Kitchen does. What does what does Gazelle do? And he's <laughs> and and he's he meant he says something and and Farfa's all like, oh my gosh, Chad. He 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 spent four hours playing Salad and he thinks that Gazelle is E Telly and he's like, I don't even know what E Telly is. <laughs> so it was actually kind of a funny back and forth because Farfa was giving it was giving him crap, but it was all in good fun, you know. Like they were both kind of like laughing yeah. back and forth. Um, now that being said, there's a couple of things that he said in in their little talk that that kind of like kept bringing me back to like okay, so here's the thing: you're uh, this is a hard word, but I do feel like this this is kind of correct. Maybe there's a softer word out there for it, and, and you you might be able to like point it out to me. But it feels like he's of a mentality where. I am excellent at Hearthstone. I am excellent at Marvel Snap. I am great at magic. I can't understand Yu-Gi-Oh, and I should. So it, it feels a little entitled, you know, like and yeah. that that feels like a really hard word. And I don't I don't mean to say that that, you know, he's he he's kind of like in that mindset where like I, I should know this, no no issue. I you know, he was actually very well, humble that, about that. That's kind of what it is, though, is because he like you said if he's seeing himself as I'm good at this, therefore I should be good at this. That is kind of like this sense of like, I I should be, I, I'm better than everybody. Yeah. I don't and- need to, <laughs> I don't need to go and like practice or do this because I should just be naturally good at it. Right. And that's not how the world works, unfortunately. No. So, <laughs> And I, I, I'm worried that I'm painting him in a bad light because he was really humble well, and he says, look, I, I'm not your average player. He said that. And again, that sounds a little entitled, but, you know, he's like, I'm not your average player, but or, or you know, because I play TCGs for a living. That said, yeah. you know, I'm a new player to Yu-Gi-Oh! And as a new player, my experience felt bad. And, and I was like, OK, so like if. If we're talking about it from your perspective, I can see what you're saying. You know, like from my perspective, I didn't have fun, so I don't know if I don't know about this game. It's kind of like me, me with Magic. You know, like from my perspective, I don't generally have fun playing with Magic. Sometimes fun stuff happens, but I generally don't. don't I'm not feeling it when I'm playing Magic, right? 
So yeah. I kind of I kind of empathize with him in that respect, where it's like, hey, you know, like maybe you're great at card games. I'm pretty great at Yu-Gi-Oh myself, but uh-huh. maybe yeah, yeah. maybe this this isn't the game for you, right? So uh, th- there there's a lot of that, and, and uh, but the thing that uh, that I kind of talked about because I did post this in the server, um. He he did post this and uh, I did post this in the server and I kind of like made a discussion video of, of it uh, or a discussion uh, thread about it that one time when I was really lacking sleep and, and like the thing that I basically said is like look you don't learn to to like walk today and then to break dance tomorrow and if there's one thing that kind of stuck with me is that he said uh, he said look uh, I'm building these decks. But I'm not gonna go out and look for for a coach. I'm not gonna go out and look for for a way to play them. I should know how to play them, you know, because the game is designed so that it's easy to understand. But I'm like, eh. I mean, you're. So I'm that, not- that, I feel like that is taken out of context. What he said because his chat was telling him to reach out and get a coach in his stream mm-hmm. and. He was saying, I'm not going to do that. I, I should be able to read the cards and be able to put together what the deck does, which going to something like salad, you can't do that. You right. have to yeah. either look up a guide on how to do the combo or something, because it's something that you have. I think Farfa said with salad, that's something you have to like sit down with the cards and like look over them for like weeks to just piece together what it is. By yourself. I mean, I don't know about weeks, and, and here's kind of like the the if, adult... if you if you don't know what a single salad card does, you have to read each and every one of them, mm-hmm. and then you have to figure out like what the combo is without knowing anything. Right. That's going to take you a lot of time. It, it, it could. <laughs> it is potentially the the case that yes, it could take a lot of time. Now, what what I want to say about this is that. Um, that it okay so i'm say for example i got my driver's permit today you know yeah. like I, i've never learned to drive before but i have my permit i can learn to drive that doesn't mean that i can get behind the wheel of a car and know what what to do and, and th- this is essentially kind of like the vibe that i'm getting from him where he says i i should be able to you know to look at the cards and understand how they work and i'm like yeah but there's a difference between like understanding what something's meant to do. Like I know that if I move the gear shift, it changes gears in the car and knowing like how to do it properly and when to change and, you know, like how to do it safely and so on and so forth. Right. So there's something about learning the game and then afterwards having intuition for how to do it correctly, you know? Well, it's like, and I, I remember you said that, <laughs> your point of view and i was like yeah me and you will we disagree on this partially mm-hmm. and that's like th- there's a lot of things that farfa said and like because you you said you disagreed with what mbt and farfa said to an extent and that's why it's like yeah a little really? bit a little bit because there's a lot of things that they said that made sense like yeah you can't just pick up a deck and know how to play it but you should be able to pick up a deck and then be able to easily read and understand what the card does like if i give you endymion the mighty master of magics Uh, it's it's got a pendulum effect it's got a monster effect and it's got multiple different things that it does for each yeah i feel like this is kind of coming into a different thing so like for for example i feel like the game 
is easy to learn, hard to master is basically where I'm coming from. However, that's not to say that I don't think that the cards could be formatted better. I 100% believe that cards could be formatted better. I'm a huge, you know, like I'm not, I'm not for keywords per se, but I would love bullet points. You know, like so that well, way. That's what they do in the the OCGs. They have everything bullet pointed. I know, to and it's so it's, stupid that we don't. This is an effect. This is an effect, and this is an effect. Yes. So I would love that's bullet like points. We, uh, post like the the releases from the T, the OCG. Mm. They always have like here's the effect, and it's got like a one and then a two. Yeah. And it's like, oh hey, this has two effects. It does two things. Uh, here's one thing that I think that would be the simplest, the simplest thing that Konami can start doing today. And ban everything, go back to goat. No, and suddenly, like learning the game would be a lot easier. And that's put an emphasis on the fact that a lot of the times, what you want is for your cards to generate advantage. So yep. don't don't just be like, hey, you know, you have two level four monsters. You stack them on top of each other. That's called an Xyz summon, right? And that's the end of the story. It's like, no, no, no. That, that's the beginning of the story. You know, like you, you have stacked two monsters on top of each other. Now you have an Xyz monster. You can activate this Xyz monster's effect to extend further. You know, so like it'll either grab you a card or this and that. The idea is do this until you can end on a board that will be difficult for your opponent to break. Or will give you a lot of interaction with them, and so like that—that's kind of where I think like okay, start start focusing on the fact that the game isn't all about just putting a monster on the field and setting a bunch of back row. Start focusing on the fact that the game will allow you to extend a lot until you can put something huge on the board. Um, that and also I feel like one other thing that you could do is, um, gosh, I just lost my train of thought. There was something else, and now I can't remember what. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the the focus on extension would be a great place to start, though. <laughs> I'll I'll remember it sooner or later. I promise I will, but it might not be soon. Uh, that being said, uh, Siggy says that, man, the, the man tried everything except Lorcana. The only reason he hasn't tried Lorcana yet is because it hasn't released yet. I bet you he will. Uh, it's also, like, super expensive for no reason other than that it's a disney ip yeah it's pretty expensive and then wylo says that's what i did to get better at league of legends and i feel like that's a fair comparison because league of legends is notoriously difficult to learn uh so you know like a lot of the times sometimes whenever a game is difficult you kind of have to go with the fact that you need a guide you know Um, the first chapter booster box is 280 dollars for lorcana Ooh, boy yeah, and you, then, like a singular pack is fifteen bucks. You you want a, a singular pack? How many cards come in it? Are you sure you're not looking at the structure uh, decks? Disney Lorcana first chapter booster pack contains twelve random cards, six commons, three uncommons, two rare, one foil. Fifteen bucks. Yikes! Man, I have that. The that. booster, the structure decks are like thirty. That that enchanted stitch alternate art or enchanted Elsa better be worth it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, but but uh, you you said that uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is easy to learn, and I, I disagree with that. Uh, it, it, easy it, to learn, it's hard, hard to, to learn, hard to master. I don't know about uh, being hard I, to I, learn, but I, like, 
they don't they don't even give you like a rule book with the structured decks anymore. No, that's true. You have to you have to like go online and look up the official Konami rule book if you want to. Yeah. They give you like a strategy guide on the back of the playmat, mm-hmm. which the playmat's the thing that most people just throw away and don't look at. I keep but, them. Um, like for someone like us who has played before and you take like a long break and come back, yeah, it's easier to learn but for someone who's not touched the game like master duel like the solo gates don't really tell you how to play all that well they they give you a bunch of different decks to try out Hmm. but like there's there's not really a good tutorial for Yu-Gi-Oh. oh i remember now i remember okay see i helped you you did you did so for, for one thing, start focusing on the fact that your deck is meant to extend until you get to something big. All right? Boom. But secondly, we need to move away from the fact that it's... Because it, this is something that he kept bringing up. He's like, I, you know, my opponent keeps doing stuff and I can't do stuff and then it's my turn and then I can't do stuff because my opponent's doing stuff. We need to get out of the mentality that it's you do stuff on your turn and I do stuff on my turn. Because it's a quick game. It's over in about three turns. The, the and I mean, it's like that in other games too. Because Magic, I mean, eh. Magic has the whole stack system thing. Like, there, there's not a your turn, my turn. Like, they're they're yeah, kind of sort of uh, and, and but that not not what I was getting at. The the, the thing that I was going to get at here is that. Yu-Gi-Oh! feels like it goes by super fast because it's over in a blink. Sometimes Magic, and this is something that they brought up in the video, and Hearthstone feel like you have a good back and forth because it can last seven, eight, nine turns, right? But the thing is... because you have a a resource system. Because you have a resource system. You have to build up the resources. That being said, it it is the case that Yu-Gi-Oh!, despite the fact that it's so short, it's over in about three turns, it has the same level of actions per game as a game of magic and hearthstone the only difference is these actions are happening all the time you know so it's like it's it's not like okay i have to wait until my turn i do an action i i create another action and then pass to my opponent he does an action blah 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 grand total of say like maybe 50 actions in a total game right uh where in Yu-Gi-Oh, those 50 actions will happen but they'll happen within three turns so we kind of have to move away from the mentality of like, I can only act on my turn. I have to wait until my turn to do things. No, no, no. We, you need to build your deck with the idea that you will need to interact with your opponent during his turn. And uh, I think I think with like a new player, the that like mindset, yes, it's in most games mm-hmm. where you can play cards on other people's turns and there's like a back and forth. Mm-hmm. But for someone who's just playing Yu-Gi-Oh for the first time you want to play the game and i think Farfa said this that in magic you at least get to play cards is it the case though cuz i feel like dropping a dropping a land doesn't count as playing the game to me yeah but I you mean, know like you, a lot of turns you put a that's land your on, action and then turn 2 you put a second land and then with those two lands, you can play a third. You can play a card out of your hand. Mm. You can, like, turn one. You have like the the golden hand of like Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, or Soul Ring, whatever. But you're at least getting to like put a card on the board and then 
you're not going to lose to your opponent playing one card on the board. And then turn two, you're not going to lose unless you're playing like CEDH and they have like a one card combo that they have a bunch of zero drops that just wins you the game. I feel like a lot of that is just, you know, kind of like, what do you count as playing a game? Because to me, like the setup doesn't count as playing. The playing doesn't start until we start doing things. And yeah, in games with you that, actually with get that... to play, though. No, you don't. Though, with, like... with, with Yu-Gi-Oh, I can turn one, win the game, and then you just sit there and you have to go game two. And then if you choose to go first, you can play. But with Magic, with these other games that require a resource system, there's actually like a back and forth where you have to do the setup. I disagree so you're at least getting so to play much. cards. Like, I disagree so much. And look, again, you, you got to trust me here that like this is coming from a person who has tried Magic. And I feel in Magic the way that y'all say that you feel in Yu-Gi-Oh! Because <laughs> like uh, I in Magic, like, yes, OK, fine. It's easy enough to understand what a land does. It's easy enough to understand that the more lands you have, the more actions you can take. And sometimes on your opponent's turn, that's pretty basic, you know? Uh, but here's the thing. Their cards are also weirdly complicated and have weird interactions with each other. So sometimes, I, and I, this has been something, and you know, like Mordor will tell you, he's in the chat right now, that we'll be playing EDH and I'll go to activate a card, but then somebody, you know, will do something weird, which, you know, like, is not in any rule book that I've seen, and I've read these fuckers. <laughs> so it's like, we're going to tap, uh, I, oh, well, you see, like, you're you're activating a card to, like, do this, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to float all my mana, and now it's just in the air. I can access it whenever I want to. And I with and having done that, I can play these things which interact weirdly with what you just tried to do, so that you know, like it, it, things things happen such that your effect doesn't doesn't actually do anything. It just kind of fizzles, and you know the thing that you were trying to destroy is technically doesn't exist in the game right now, and it'll exist again at the end phase. You you know, like yeah, I find it so weird that you all will say like Yu-Gi-Oh is weird, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is hard. When in Magic, you can literally phase yourself out of the game so that you don't lose. Do you do you yeah, understand how you, weird you, that you is? Can, I, I mean, I, I play both the games like, frequently, and, and Yu-Gi-Oh is just the just as bad because like it, just as bad you, is exactly you, what I'm getting. <laughs> it's like it, I find it so weird that everyone will attack Yu-Gi-Oh for being like hard when in reality, like all these games are hard, bro. But but the the, the difference is which we got away from is that in Magic there's a build-up time where you can get to the point where you can do those interactions with Yu-Gi-Oh it's the turn the player who goes turn 1 unless they brick mm -hmm. usually wins the game nah i again look you are going to disagree with me but it's it's I, true i do it's because like, like i feel true. like the mentality of like oh i can't do anything let's scoop it, it is such a weird mentality to have in Yu-Gi-Oh too i'm like I, I didn't say that though <laughs> i didn't say that i said the player who goes first usually wins because mm. like if you're playing what, what did you play when you went to locals because you, uh, you said you labyrinth the, you what okay so labyrinth how many like times did you go turn one uh, almost and never actually i lost the coin toss a lot <laughs> okay so you, you 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 went turn two mm -hmm. and you set five pass no and then then your opponent's not able to do anything. 
uh, no. So like basically, so I'm going turn two, right? So my opponent will do his setup and things like that. Usually when I, and you know, like we're, we're getting technical here, but like what, what I'll try to do is there's a reason that the furniture cards are so strong. And that's because like, okay, so my opponent will go set up. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to attempt to set something up on his turn at the end phase by using the furniture. So that way I'll have at least one trap that's ready to go on my turn or some manner of thing that I can do the moment that I draw a card. And then after that, it's, you know, like the deck is built so that like with contingencies in the off chance that I go second, my opponent set up something with like, say, uh, two Shangra eras or whatever, or like, you know, like an Appaloosa and something else. I can just lava golem, you know, like here's the lava golem. Have a nice day. You know, like we have board breakers for a reason, you know, like it's like the thing is it's it's there is interaction people just like refuse to believe it <laughs> so it's uh, anyway look uh, i i i feel like i i will i will die on this hill that it, it's it's really not that hard um but at the same time i i will also like i will also i implore you guys to like really stand back and ask yourself how easy it is to understand magic because it really isn't that easy <laughs> uh like it it took me like a month to learn how to play edh where it's taken me like i mean i still don't fully understand how to play Yu-Gi-Oh, and that's someone who you're a judge (laughs) just played yeah but that's that's a rc1 judge Uh like that's reading the cards that's know how to read dot exe yeah so like the the problem that uh, I was going to mention here is that uh, I, it slipped my mind again. Uh, I, I'm just like, oh. But so the the point that I'm trying to make here is uh, this guy, Raran, you know, like for one thing, uh, he seems like very open to the idea that, that he might have been the problem. That, you know, like he just couldn't get hit, wrap his head around it. So, you know, maybe the experience isn't universal, you know, like maybe just because I couldn't get it, somebody out there can't get it, you know, just because I didn't have fun doesn't mean somebody else can't have fun. So, you know, he's, he's really humble about the way that he's approaching this. Um, But uh, that said, you know, like skills don't transfer between card games. They just don't, you know, like they're, if they're different enough, like it's not going to transfer over that well. And, this is my personal take. I know you guys disagree. I think resource systems are a crutch. I really do. Like, it's just, I, I don't like the fact that, you know, I don't like the idea that I'm going to You don't to like having to set up and yeah, no, blah, set. blah, blah. You want to be able to just throw your hand down yes. on the board. Let's start and, swinging from yeah. the go. Let's do it. Like, that. that's, I fucking love that. You know, like, I love that, like, at any given point... That's- it's honestly like one of the reasons why like Yu-Gi-Oh was killed for me was because like you know I don't like playing what's meta mm-hmm. I like playing like things that are old and weird and janky and stuff mm-hmm. and whenever you sit down and someone's playing Kashtira at full power and they just negate every single thing you do banish your hand banish your field it's just not fun. Yeah, it's kind of the reason that Where... I play Labyrinth, honestly, because like Castira is is kind of one of those really annoying decks where if you're 
if you're not prepared for it, it'll ruin your day. But I'm like, okay, what do they like to do? They like to banish from your extra deck. Labyrinth doesn't need its extra deck. You know, like uh, they they like to to negate a bunch of stuff. Okay, I have a lot of stuff that they're gonna need to be able to negate. Otherwise, I'm gonna get through. You know, so it's I, I kind of always come to it with that mentality where it's like. He, he, it's not always the case, and, and this is one thing that I will say is a fair assessment of Yu-Gi-Oh! You won't always be able to play your favorites because sometimes your favorites are just in a bad place during a certain meta shift. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're only able to play the meta if you're playing yeah. in like a competitive place because like, at, at your locals, what were other people playing that wasn't Labyrinth? That was well, like I'm assuming you had labyrinth, cash, cash, and vanquish soul, and uh, ran into ran into a kaiju mechanko thing, which was kind of annoying. Um, what else? Yeah, so like I think I saw cash like two three times, and then I saw like vanquish soul a lot. Uh, there was pearly, pearly was there. You know, stuff. So the only one that you named that wasn't meta was the. Uh, Kaiju Makanko. <laughs> yeah, that that was very strictly anti-meta, which is always a choice. That you know, it's weird to me that nobody like. That, but I mean, I get it. You know, is because if you're going anti-meta, then you better hope you run into the meta. Because if you don't, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, all, all that being said, you know, like card games are hard. <laughs> like. Like all card games are hard. It's it's not just the case that Yu-Gi-Oh is the weird one. All of them are hard. It's just uh, the the question is, and this might be kind of like a fair thing. It's like, what do you vibe with? Because you know, just because I like to come out swinging doesn't mean that everybody else likes that. You know, like some people like the setup. Some people like the politics of EDH. Let me let me reason with my opponent so that way we can form an alliance and thereby be mutually assured to survive. I don't like that. <laughs> You know, like, I'm like, come on, man, let's fight. We're here to fight. I, don't, I didn't come here to, to, like, make politics. I came here to swing. <laughs> so, yeah. I like the fact that this is just the first slide still. Yeah. It's taken us almost 40 minutes to get past it. I knew that this was going to be a contentious thing because... Well, did I, did I tell you that we disagreed on this and there's going to be, like, a whole thing? Because I... I thought I was like, we should just do this like as an, its own episode because it's going to take a while. I but don't I remember don't if that's remember the if case. I said that or not. I don't remember if you told me or not, but like, uh, I, I remember. But uh, Mordor says that it's the same problem with like League of Legends where to you, you need like a base knowledge of all 150 champions with multiple abilities each and how to play their like combos and like how to do it there's a lot of things that it's just like the entry level to a game is too much for someone to just go at it by themselves agreed like it like i know he he was doing it as like a one-off stream but if he had like farfa or mbt join him and like help walk him through because like farfa those burning abyss and some other like comboy decks. Yeah, MBT plays heroes. Yeah, I don't remember what else MBT plays. I think he plays Murinces or something. But uh, he he could have had like somebody sit and tell him like how to play a deck, how to do combos, how to play the game more effectively. What's going on whenever 
his opponent plays a card and he can't play cards after. It's like whenever you jump into a game of League for the first time, you don't usually do it by yourself. I'd say most likely you have like a friend or something who's like, hey, come play. Sometimes your friend will try to give you like the best knowledge that he can. And you're just like, it's just one of those things. dude. It's like, yes, knowledge is important, but practice is really what makes what makes you good at it. Right. So like uh, League is a a game, again, that I tried to pick up and Mordor tried to teach it to me. And, uh, you know, like I I gave it my best shot. I guarantee you, like I was trying. (laughs) But like it's one of those things where I I knew very early on from like the way things were going. I'm like, I don't have the game sense to know what to do. I know what my I, I know what my champion does. Uh, I, I can see what, what, what it does. You know, I was playing Ash. So it's like the more I hit somebody, the more they're slowed. You know, like the more, the more. Yeah. And, you know, like eventually you, you kind of, yeah, you kind of want to like get as many last click kills on like the little minions. So that way you can go to like the shop and upgrade your character. So that way, you, like either your attacks fire more rapidly or you're doing more damage per thing. Or, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like, it's basically kind of like you, you customize your loadout at the more you play. Um, and, and so, like, I, I, I get what, what Ash does, you know. Uh, so, in my head, I'm like, so that's kind of what I want to do. I don't kind of want to be, like, the, the main damage carry kind of sort of. It's more like an assist type situation where I'll slow yeah. someone enough so that somebody else can get the kill, et cetera. Uh, but it, it's... So I'm like, I understand what my character wants to do. And at that point, I kind of came face to face with a guy who's playing, I think it was Zach? I don't remember. The uh, green guy? Maybe. I remember Blades. Green globby guy? Maybe. Uh, Zed. 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 So I'm playing I'm playing against a guy playing Zed. And that guy, every time he shows up, he just fucking murders me, right? And yeah. it happens enough times to where I start to think think to myself, I'm like, okay, so he's looking out for me. But additionally, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how to counter him when he comes at me. And, and like, here's the thing, I also don't know specifically what I can do to to stay to stay far enough away from him so that he doesn't just one shot me and you know, like, or blindside me or whatever. In the middle of a team fight, I I'm clicking on enemies, but I'm like, well, what's the where, what should I be focusing on? So, like, you see all these questions that kind of, like, mount to the idea of, like, I don't have enough game sense to understand how to be good. I understand what the character does, but I don't have enough game sense to, to understand what to do. And uh, I, yeah. ultimately, this is what I feel is the Raron thing, where he he probably did read his cards. You know, like, he says he did, and I, I believe him. Um, but he doesn't have enough game sense to know what that means in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah because if if you're playing uh salad mm-hmm. and you're playing against a deck that does good against salad and you've never played salad before mm-hmm. and you've never played against this deck before you mm-hmm. don't know how to play against that deck just like if you're playing ash and you've not played against zed before and zed's just sitting on your face you don't know how to prevent him from doing that other yeah. than to just die. Yeah, repeatedly. exactly. And you, you just don't know what to do in that case. You know, you put yourself in a bad situation and you don't, firstly, you don't know what to do. Secondly, you don't know how to escape. Thirdly, you don't know how to recover, you know, and, and all of those are things that are like essential to you, like having a mastery of the game. 
So, uh, lo- the long and short of it is, we we can sit here and disagree on whether like uh, having a, a a resource system is good or bad, and we will, and we will. Uh, but ultimately, and I feel like this is true with me and Magic too, that ultimately, the game knowledge is what will make the difference. You know, like if you can figure out like some some sense of the game so that you're you're aware of the things that you need to be aware of, it could be a completely different story for you. You know, like I I'm I I'm not saying that I'll ever go to like a what do you call like the the Grand Prix for MTG or anything like that. But, you know, like the thing is, I could learn to enjoy it if I build some sense for it. I'm 100 percent sure. And it's something that, you know, like, I'm also still willing to try with, with friends whenever they're like, hey, you want to play some Commander, right? So, like, you know, whenever Helix and Mortar are like, hey, let's get together, let's play some Commander. Yeah, MTG is not my game, but I'm willing to try. And, you know, like, and I've still had, like, several occasions where things, even though I didn't understand where I was slipping up, I, I felt like I, I'm still, I, I feel like I'm doing something, though. Uh, I got to say that one of the things, too, is like you got to find what you vibe with because, you know, like, for example, I don't vibe with Salamangrates. I I have the deck. I've tried it. uh, And the and I just don't vibe with it. Everybody says it's mid range. I don't feel like it is. Uh, So, you know, like I I don't I don't get it. And and as a result, I stay away from it. And Mordor is bringing up the point that I was going to get to. I've generally tried to play blue and magic. Thinking that, and you know, again, this is a raw run thing. He he expected you're, you're either a red or a green player. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so raw run like said, you know, expects knowledge from one game to transfer to another. And in Yu-Gi-Oh, the best way to start learning the game is to play control. So I thought the best way to learn magic is to start playing blue, and that is false. That is 100% false. I recently switched to vampires, the red, blue, and the red, white, black vampires, and suddenly, like yeah. like Mordor says, I'm I'm winning a lot more because I synergize with the deck a lot better. Uh, so it, it because you you like the more like aggressive playstyle of that, right. whereas blue is very slow. Blue like is very slow. Probably love green because uh, green just green ramps like hell. I have like a and, green, and you get to play stuff a lot. I, I have a green, like, cat tribal deck, and uh, I've tried it on multiple occasions, and, you know, like, it's not that it doesn't do anything. It, it, it's just kind of like, it, I don't have, like, an access code talker moment where I know that the game is closed the moment I summon, you know? Uh, so Okay, it, so what you're going to do is you're going to build Yargle and Multani, which uh, is <laughs> Golgari. It's green-black. Okay. It's a 18... 18- it's an 186 mm. like vanilla monster essentially mm. but because it's green black you can do so much like stupid shit with it mm. i have cards that say like deal damage to each opponent equal to the highest amount of or the highest power on the field so you just summon yargle and then you deal 18 damage to everybody that's beautiful you, i mean that sounds like you, fun i have things that say sacrifice target creature and make X amount of things or draw X amount of cards. So you just sacrifice Yargle <laughs> and make like 18 pest tokens or 18 treasures or, and you can just, you 
you just boost Yargle up by three damage and you could just punch somebody and kill them with command damage. So it's a fun deck. It's super aggressive and rampy and it's great. I love it. We will see. I mean, like, here's the thing. And I don't normally talk about this, but like I do from time to time, whenever a new set comes out, kind of look at the legendary, like uh, the legendary creatures to kind of see if like there's something that calls to me, like this could be a good commander, right? Uh, and something, you know, some things have caught my eye. Uh, again, you know, it, it comes down to like, do you have enough game sense to understand why this would be good? And um, you can play Rakdos. Rakdos is Rakdos is one that keeps one. coming up. Yeah, like everybody always suggests. Yeah, hey, are you an aggressive guy? Go Rakdos. Uh, so like, yeah. But thus far, the vampires for me have been like the the just the simplest to understand, and the more like like okay. I, I know that when I'm doing things, they matter, you know, so uh, that that's kind of like where, where we're at. I initially started with a wizard tribal and that was kind of a mistake because it's like w- wizards are like the more technical kind that this would be like the I'm playing altergeists, you know, it, it's like if you my, know what you're doing, you're going to have complete control. If you don't know what my, you're doing, which I my, don't. <laughs> my Rakdos, uh, Lord of Riots, he says summon Eldrazi for free. And then, and then you just give them haste because anger is in the graveyard, and you swing a bunch of big old annihilator boys at your opponents, and they all hate you. That's a lot of words that amount to I have no idea what they're saying. I won a game on turn four. Yeah, yeah. That's all you need to know. But Yu-Gi-Oh bad. Yu-Gi-Oh bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway, that being said, we're going to move past this first slide because I swear we'll stick on this. I guarantee we will. <laughs> yeah, it's been 50 minutes and it, I it, guarantee it, that you have like another 20 slides that it, we have to go through. Yeah, about 16 slides. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. also watching this week, Mushoku Tensei redeeming an irredeemable man, the, the anime where the guy was cranking his hog during his parents' funeral. All of that is completely out of context. Uh, within context, it makes more sense what I'm trying to say. Uh, but like yeah it uh, season two we waited for it forever because season one was just such a fucking banger and we finally got it and i've been watching it and it you know it, it almost like it's almost like season one never ended because it is carrying over all of the quality this is an anime that is hard to recommend to people because it's slow to start and and i don't like resource systems <laughs> Uh, hi i'm a complicated man Uh, it's slow to start but once it kicks off it it is a vast world full of lore full of interesting systems of uh, both magic and politics and and intrigue and mystery and and just wow plus i'm a sucker for stories where the main character is essentially a douche early on and then becomes like a, a redeemed good guy in the end, and I feel like this is exactly where Mushoku Tensei is going. Um, but moving on from that, uh, Master Tool is having an event going on right now. Uh, I guess we can't seem to escape card games. <laughs> it's light versus dark. You choose your team, you build a deck, it's either all light or all dark. And uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the event, we're gonna it, basically, there's gonna be a team who's a victor and a team who's a loser. I feel like it probably is the easy choice to make to pick dark because it is the most common attribute in the game and have something good. Um, 
I don't have a dark deck that hasn't been hit because they you know events have their own customized ban lists. Uh, so I've been playing uh, my light deck, which wasn't hit at all, and I'm doing pretty all right so far. 100% victory, but uh, as you can see, like th there is statistics already on what's going on. We have about dark is winning with a 50% uh, victory. Uh, what's it called percentile? And light is presently behind at a 43%. Um, so uh, VSP, that's like the what? That that's people. That's games played, I guess. Uh, vic victory something, yeah, or like versus played, yeah. I don't know. I, I, There's I, 97 million victories for light, and what's that? 130 million for dark. Yeah. So D Dark's got the lead on this one. I mean, there's a lot of really... Dark is one of the like best attributes yeah. for Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It's like you, you have all the Albaz stuff, kind of, mm -hmm. maybe. I think they're all dark. No. And then... Uh, Not all of them are, but yeah, but I see where you're coming from. Because uh, some of them are light. Like, for example, Mirror Jade is dark. But uh, what's the one that summons Mirror Jade? You go brand. You go branded fusion into this guy. No, not a luber. Branded fusion. You summon this guy. This guy shuffles something back, and then fuses into mirror jade. Oh, it's gonna kill me. King calamity. No, sure. It, that's not the guy. But like, uh, but yeah. It, there's there's a lubelian. Lubelian. You go branded fusion into lubelian. Oh, yeah. Lubelian is light, and then mirror jade is dark. But your I deck could play IRS Turbo because it's all dark. I believe. I believe Masquerade is dark, right? Masquerade, I think so. Yes. Yeah, Masquerade is dark. Yes. Uh, th there is a couple of different loner decks. Uh, that you know, every event has a loner deck that you can try. Uh, the light loners include Bujins, Psyframes, and Starry Knights. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's playing Cyframes, but that is the most wait until your opponent does something deck ever. <laughs> I don't know who's playing Starring. I don't know who's playing any of those. Other yeah. Maybe Bujin. Right. Uh, like Bujin, maybe. But like the other two is like, uh, okay. Uh, and then we have like the dark decks include Insectors, Time Thieves, and Orcist, which I feel like oh, the dark so decks just are just like so three, much better. Three, yeah. <laughs> Like the out of those, the weakest one is Insector, most likely. Yeah, like Insector is probably the weakest one, but well, actually, time thieves are good. Orcus is on Orcus, but now, it's almost untouched. But yeah, Or Orcus is almost one hundred percent untouched. I think Harporer might be the one that got hit a little bit, but it's still playable. I... Those are just like really bad choices for light. They There's are. Like, oh my god! Like you that's could have what had I light sworn. You could have had light sworn. You could have had trick stars. Trick stars are light. Uh, most of them are, I believe. Oh, okay. I think some of the like, well, the ones that you use are light. So yeah, yeah. yeah so like you know, you could have had trick stars. You could have had light sworn. You, you could have had anything other than Cyframe, which is a deck that's largely contingent on your opponent activating something. So one of your monsters will activate in hand. Want to find a list of? You, you could have had photons. 
You could have had uh, Photon, yes. Utopias are light, apparently. Yeah, Utopia is okay. That's an OTK deck, so yeah, I guess so. Trickstars, artifacts. Artifacts. I'm actually looking at I'm actually looking at like this small list of like <laughs> things and there's not really that many. You could have had blue eyes the there. <laughs> Why didn't they do? Why didn't they do like worms and allies of justice? Oh, that would have been hilarious. Because <laughs> worms are all light and ally of justice are all dark. That would have been so weird. But yeah, so right now dark is winning, and with these loners, I can see why. <laughs> well, uh, dark also has access to dark Greffer and Armageddon Knight. Yeah, it ha- it has a band. lot of like. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of them are inside of the inside of the loners. I saw like one of the loner decks had Dark Reffer and Armageddon Knight. So yeah, like they they have a lot of like really good staples. Whereas Light's like, yeah, it's okay. Like they don't have a Zoldo to like do the stupid combo with. They wouldn't be able to, yeah, because it's old as Light. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that that would be so dumb. But like you know, like what what what's a good Light staple? Well, actually, there's three good Light staples, and those are Nibiru, Ghost Ogre, and Effect Veiler. Honest is also I'd, good. I'd I, say honest is good. Yeah, honest is also good. Yeah. Uh, okay, but like moving on from this disaster of an event, <laughs> uh, Valiant Smashers uh, has a release date now, and it has the breakdown has been released as well. So uh, it will come out on November seventeenth of twenty twenty three, uh, comprised of three new archetypes: Valmonica, Memento, and Centurion. And, uh, yeah, 15 of the cards in the set will be available as collector's rares. I am somewhat excited for the Valmonica stuff, but at the same time, it's like we're only getting a handful of the cards, and it's not going to be like... I'm not going to be able to make a deck out of it. At, the, at most, it's going to be like the, when the live twins were released. I'll be able to make an engine. Yeah. But it's not going to be like a deck. Right. And, you know, we've discussed the Valmonica in a previous, uh, we've discussed Valmonica and Memento, so I guess it's time to talk about Centurion, the archetype inspired by the anime Gurren Lagann. Yeah. Do you, oh, I was going like, to say, do you have like a a slide for it? I yeah, do. There you go. Yeah, I do. So, like, you know, there's certain, uh, like, you know, poses and, like, designs that are very reminiscent of, like, the, the Gurren Lagann anime. Like, some very iconic poses and designs and stuff like that. Uh, so, people kind of, like, put it together, like, immediately. It's like, oh, dude, this is the Gurren Lagann uh, archetype. It's great. Um, it's it's a combo-based strategy. It looks like what it does is a lot of the times when you normal or special summon a monster, it'll take monsters from inside of your deck that are the same in the same archetype and place them in the back row of your of your field. And then during your opponent's turn, they can quick effect summon themselves, and if they do, they synchro. So it's a deck that waits for your opponent to do something and then it kind it synchros. of kind of sort of because like it's a quick effect, so you can do it whenever you you feel like it. You know, uh, so but the thing is that they'll quick effect synchro during your opponent's turn. And uh, what people have started doing, and I know you're going to hate this, but this is King Calamity Turbo. Yeah, you're right. I do hate that. <laughs> they have they have an in archetype monster that uh, 
they have an in archetype monster that you can go into and it's pretty good it's basically like the the amazing dragon of this deck right uh the thing is everyone's all like okay well if we're just going to go through all this trouble we might as well just king calamity and i'm like okay yes you could <laughs> but like why would you though <laughs> it's like because it wins games yeah fair fair but yeah so you you that that's basically what this does um part of me kind of questions hey. would would it play well with uh with punk would it play well with Godi? Because both of those are decks that like to synchro summon on your opponent's turn. Could we also play well with, uh, what do you call it, uh, Gold Pride? Well, with Godi, Godi likes to synchro summon on your opponent's turn using stuff that's banished. That's true. So I don't know. If, like, Christrons, mayhaps? Christrons, yeah. Uh, uh, one thing Christian. that... There's a, a lot of synchro decks that are just like, hey, I'm going to do stuff on your turn. Yeah, and I can understand why, you know, but like uh, here's here's the other thing that we that we have to kind of like uh, address is that it, it's an archetype of fire pyro monsters. And from all of the, the, the test uh, decks that I've seen people doing on YouTube, it plays relatively well with volcanics. I don't like that. Yeah, so it, it's got some burn effects going on. Additionally, they just released the card called Bonfire, which is a rota for pyros. And so, like, that card can search these. I don't like that. Yeah, so, like, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. I, I like that we're finally getting pyro support. It's It feels like it's the, the forgotten uh, type of a Yu-Gi-Oh card like and now I guess the forgotten type is Sea Serpent is, is Sea Serpent the forgotten type is there another one oh I don't know maybe I mean theoretically illusion I, but that's because it's new well if it's a forgotten type then we forget yeah I guess so yeah you're right uh speaking of forgotten new U-Bell cards retrains and such we got a retrain of Ubel, a retrain of Grinder Golem, uh, Samsara Lotus, and Spell Chronicle. Yeah, I wasn't happy when I saw the Samsara Lotus retrain. Why is that? Because Samsara Lotus is the thing that, like, it, it, it bad card. It don't need to come back yeah, ever. That, that's even the one if that, it's like, changed. The special summons itself, right? And during your standby phase, I believe so. It's it, got like it a three one frog it effect. Causes it causes problems for people. Yeah. On a, in a link in a in a world where link monsters exist, free material is, is kind of a scary thing. Yeah. It's the uh, same thing with Grinder Golem. Could yeah. you imagine if that was legal in today's meta? Yes? Question mark. Do you know what it does? You give it to your opponent, and then you get two tokens. Isn't that right? Or yeah, and you... then you bounce it back to your hand, and then you give it to your opponent again, get two more tokens, and you bounce it back to your hand, and then give you two. You keep recycling it. Ah, so it's just link material for days. It, it's just free link sixes, basically. Sweet, I like it. Well, I mean, uh, no, yeah. that thing should never be legal. <laughs> it shouldn't. But uh, terrible. carrying on from Ubel, Ubel is also getting like a new, uh, you know, and this is something that, you know, like I was. It's uh, getting a, like a full archetype. It kind of, sort of. Yeah. Like, which cool because it's one of the things where Konami's going back, seeing an old fan favorite card and saying, let's 
let's do something with this. Yeah, it's also kind of like a thing where this is the same thing that happened with Neos recently because uh, the new U-Bell retrain actually has the same effect as Spirit of Neos did. Uh, and this new fusion monster has, has pretty decent effects. It's like something you could do alternatively to go in, into Ultimate Nightmare. Um, I feel like this is going to be just like a hilarious super poly uh, thing. Um, and basically what it is, is it requires one U-Bell monster plus one plus effect monsters on the field. Uh, and then whenever you special summon it, or whenever you fusion summon it, it inflicts 500 effect damage on your opponent uh, for each fusion material used for its summon. And then... So potentially you could just fuse a whole field of stuff away with Super Poly. Yeah. And just deal a crap ton of damage. Exactly. And then uh, cannot be destroyed by battle or card effects, and you take no battle damage from uh, battles involving it. Uh, that's that's just the U-Bell effect. And then if it battles, inflict damage to your opponent equal to the monster that it battled. So it's a Time Lord. And, and then it banishes that monster. So if Time so Lord's... So it's, like it's like a Time Lord card. Yeah, it's a Time Lord card is what it is. I'm going to make you build Time Lords. It's <laughs> stupid, it's yeah, stupid I mean, enough I, to work. I, it is stupid enough to work. Whenever you said that, I was like, oh, I hate the thought of that. No. So... Yeah, so this is this is what's happening with Ubel. Something that I was discussing yesterday with Mordor is that uh, it kind of seems that a lot of GX archetypes are getting loved these days because Heroes had new support. Now Ubel's having new support. Recently, we had like the Crystal Beasts got new support. Volcanics just recently got new support. Uh, so like, we're we're what are we missing? Well, like Arcana Force, if, Ancient Gears. If, if you're looking at uh, what Konami's like roadmap was. Each one of the sets is like the next protagonist ace monster. And as we're going through those, they're like slowly giving uh, extra stuff. Oh, I see. So next we're going that. to like, oh, wait, well, so I was going to say like. Probably, next... It's probably going to start like next year. We're going to start getting a bunch of like synchro archetype support. Uh, are you sure because, about that? Because like, we just got Cosmic of... Quasar Dragon though in like Duelist Nexus. Yeah. Because that, that's like the main core set. I'm saying like the side sets that are coming out oh. are like a bunch of like other characters. Because like <laughs> last year uh, we got all like the legendary duelists that were from like dual monsters. Because there's like the Rage of Raw set for right. Merrick and them. And there was like... The one that came out whenever I came to visit, support, which had like Dark Magician yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Dark Magician yeah. and Bakura cards. So like, you know, Dark Necrofear and stuff. And then this year has been a bunch of like GX archetypes. I I think next year they're supposed to start doing like a bunch of Synchro stuff, which I don't like. That's my least favorite summoning mechanic is Synchro. Just because I hate having life. to look. My I have to like look and figure out how many stars there are do you think you could win only if i lose just let destiny choose yeah synchro hard unless you're playing sword soul in which case synchro super easy super easy uh speaking of uh mordor says bring back venom you cowards i'm i'm fucking right there with mordor i've got my venom deck built i want venom support 
Yeah, like, I, honestly, the only way to do it at this point is to just retrain Manamanaga, because the only thing that's killing it is the fact that it needs to be summoned off of a trap card. The only thing, well, you don't retrain Manamanaga, you just make another Another card trap that does, card that does the same thing. That summons it. Yeah. Or another. Ignoring you, summoning you, conditions, because the yeah. restriction is on Manamanaga yeah. itself. Yeah, that's, you, you print a card that, you, you print a quasi, cosmic quasar dragon that says summon ignoring summoning conditions. Yeah, or like do so, like a link monster that's like the new phenomenon or whatever. It's like, oh, if you link summon this card successfully, like uh, just special summon Venomenaga from your deck and ignoring its summoning conditions. They, they honestly just need to like <laughs> make Venom Swamp do toxic Venom Swamp. <laughs> Well, it's like the whole way that the Venom archetype works is that Venom Swamp doesn't do anything other than if Weaken counter on field, yeah. uh, monster lose 500. If monster hit zero, monster die. Yeah. Make make like a, a Cloudian Squall that each turn puts a Venom counter on stuff. Cloudian or, Squall is like a like a spell card, right? It's a, a continuous, continuous. Yeah, yeah. It's a continuous that uh, during each of your standby phases, it puts a cloud counter on each card on the field. Ooh, look! Did you see like the recommendation that Lord Mordor just put in the chat? Toxic Venom Swamp creatures with with Venom counters can't be used for Synchro, Link, or XC summons. It's the new. And mystic. that would work. That would do really good things for that archetype that would do excellent things for that archetype because unless you're coming in that basically makes it a mystic mind i was gonna say you, you're, you're playing mystic mind now <laughs> but like the, the the problem is that that archetype is a counters debt uh counters archetype and counters archetypes are not good because they rely on counters i think you and i so talked about to... this during the valmonica whenever we were mentioning it because you 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 said that they were. Uh... Yeah, it's a counter. It's a, that's another fucking counter archetype. <laughs> like those car, counters are, unless it's like spell counters with Endymion that you can just shit out a bunch of spells and on a turn and put a bunch of counters on the field. Like those archetypes need a way to put counters. This goes back to the first discussion of it's a resource system. Mm-hmm. But Konami doesn't fucking know how to do a resource system, so it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. This is, we can't, can't so argue you have with to, that. If you can give like Venom a way to put counters on things like easily, mm-hmm. and if you give their field spell a better effect, like what Mordor said, while also having the effect that if its attack hits zero, it blows up, mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. And it, it could be good. Yeah, but it, it you'd also really have good. to retrain the main deck monsters because the main deck monsters are just garbage as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. Like uh, you I, have a level five with like twelve hundred attack and sixteen hundred defense or something. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they were. I mean, the, the there was some of them which were good because they would put venom counters on things. But like, well, there, there's one. There's but, the twelve hundred attack one can put yeah, a counter on something. They were but small like bodies other, though. Yeah. The other, like, level four that you could summon that put counter on things, it said you can put a counter on something, but then it can't make an attack this turn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
why would you put a restriction like that on this card? It's not that good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the level five. It's like it can put two counters on something, but I don't think it can attack if it puts two counters on something. Right. Why are you putting it behind a restriction of a level five with bad stats? Yeah. Konami, please. Why? (laughs) It's it's a sad thing that Venomanaga was like ahead of its time because what it could do back in the day is exactly what every good boss monster does today. You know, and well, it was the first towers. It was the first towers. You just couldn't touch it, and then if you did get rid of it, you could just bring it back. Or yeah, no, it's banish a reptile and prevent it from being destroyed. Right. So. It's it's a good thing, but uh, we were talking. And it about, had an alternate win con too. It had an so alternate if you had win a way con. To turn it into a Valkyrie and then use fucking Knight <laughs> of the Valkyries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, no, it's uh, Mischief the Time Goddess. That's the one that lets you. Oh, the uh, one. attack twice. No, Mischief of the Time Goddess isn't that the one that lets you kind of like look at what your opponent's gonna draw and then you just kind of like fuck with it. No, that's uh, Goddess Skull, or that's the Oracle, ah. the Oracle ones. Okay, okay. Mischief, it, Mischief is the one that says, uh, after you conduct your battle phase, skip to the next battle phase. <laughs> Damn it. It's like two Hyper Venom counters right there. You can two Hyper Venom counters right there. You're like, this game's With almost your over. Valkyrie Venomanaga. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what? Well, yeah. It, what what Venomanaga needs now is kind of like the ability to hit the field almost at the speed that Eldritch the Golden Lord does because he always shows up early enough to fuck up something, you know. And, and you have basically every card in that deck is designed so that it it leads you to him. And Venomanaga did not have that going for it, you know. Like it, what, what what if what if instead of what if they do retrain Venomanaga? What if they give it something like? Uh, the current Venomanaga where you have to have a copy of a certain, you, you have to have a copy of the original Venomanaga in your graveyard and you activate a trap and it brings out a retrained version of it. That's just, it can attack multiple times, has the alternate when con, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah, but it's like easier to, because it, it, it's easier to get out though, because you don't have to, summon the phenomenon it's just you have to have it in the graveyard yeah because here's the thing about it too is that you know like it's an alternate win con yes but that's still an alternate win con that's dependent on the battle phase which you know a lot of decks don't even bother going into the battle phase because you know it's kind of like it's it's there more as as a formality than anything you know uh there's like there's like cheeky things you can do Mm because you could give it like the uh guardian seals bow to make let it attack directly Mm -hmm. so if you had one that could attack multiple times and you just made it be able to attack directly you could just win you and it needs to do damage in order to inflict the hyper venom counter right so like so you could just give it it like 500 even if you just do 500 or if you give it yeah fairy meteor crush it's a card yeah (laughs) i i put that in a deck and I played it against somebody and they just, the, their eyes got so large and they're like, what fucking year is this? <laughs> it's like, it's like 2022 or something. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you upset. 
speaking of of new players cuz uh, we we can't get away from like introducing people into a game that will just ruin their their life uh the the two player starter deck uh has revealed its release date and this is uh this has actually been pushed back so instead of releasing this year it will release in January of next year um it it features on its cover Manadium Prime Heart and Divine Arsenal Double Asus Sky Thunder. One of those is arguably better than the other. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's an 88 card set uh, that is intended to teach new players how to play the game. And what we were saying earlier that Konami sucks at teaching new players how to play this game is something Which that, they do. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, I, I think it's something that we're all kind of like hinging our hopes on this product specifically. Uh, you know, we're all kind of like, you well, maybe this thing, <laughs> maybe this. Uh, well, when they had their meeting, their like shareholder meeting, uh, that was the like thing that got brought up and was everybody was like, oh, we don't have a good way to get new people in here and keep them like playing the game yeah it's so, just because getting yeah. new people wasn't hard it's keeping the new people that's hard it, it needs to have like a rule book it <laughs> needs to have how to play the game mm-hmm. it needs to have like th- there's a lot of stuff that it needs to have other than just having an 88 card set because what's going to happen is if it's just 88 reprints of something mm-hmm. people like me and you are going to buy it up and just throw away the other stuff and then the new people are going to be like oh no what i it's got a shiny black card called zeus and he does things but i don't know how to summon him what what i what i understand from this is that it actually comes with a step-by-step guide on how to play each of the decks this is something that's been uh said by team aps whenever they first heard about it um they they mentioned that this uh, product is designed uh, and it comes with a scripted duel that will walk you through the effects of everything. So, <clears throat> it, it's... I'm sorry. I, I really want it to have, like, actual, like, dialogue between you and whoever <laughs> you're playing with, where it's like, <laughs> I summon my ace monster, Divine Arsenal Zeus. No, not Zeus. <laughs> How will I ever come back from this? It's just... I, I want that. That's, it, yeah. it has to have an actual play script for the the duel. Yeah, yeah. And here's something that we have to kind of like do real quick because uh, I actually don't even know what Manadium Prime Heart does. Uh, I know what Zeus does, but I don't know what Manadium Prime Heart does. So let's have a oh, quick look. It up. I'm looking it up myself. It says. Uh, this card can attack a number of times each battle phase up to the number of tuners used for a synchro summon. This is already more complicated. <laughs> if this card was synchro summoned using a manadium tuner as material, your opponent cannot target it with card effect. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. If this face-up card is synchro summoned, uh, if this face-up synchro summon card in its owner's control leaves the field because of your opponent's card, i.e. Zeus, you can special summon one of your monsters with 1500 attack and 2100 defense or your visa starfrost that is banished or in your graveyard i i can it's, it's 87 cents i i can see why and, and hear me out this isn't the cheapest copy of zeus is 13 dollars or 
Yeah, $13. This isn't a thing that exists because it's a good synchro monster. And so it's not included in this deck because it's a good synchro monster. The reason it's included is because it has interaction that activates when Zeus does its thing. So it's... You could have picked any other card, though. Yeah. like This, this feels like a weird choice. Um, out of out of the 10,000 plus cards in this game mm-hmm. you picked that you, you picked Manadium Prime Heart it's it oh, looks cool it, it's it, 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 it giant robot cool. it's giant robot dude yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, this is the battle of the robots but one of them is clearly the better one so uh move moving on from by the way it's going to be 20 bucks when it comes out so uh so moving on uh this is the update that we were talking about early on uh, the update on the gen con tcg heist and you're gonna laugh at this there they found out who the guys were they are board game designers and they had a booth there and the reason they found out who they were is because when they were caught on security cameras, they were wearing T-shirts advertising their board game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that takes a whole new level of stupid to do, I guess. But So, Indianapolis Metro PD has identified it was two people. And they, they designed a board game called Castle Assault. And uh, in the picture that you see here... Uh, the one of them is wearing a T-shirt that has the Castle Assault logo on it. So <laughs> they did name them. They named the two guys. They're apparently the creators of Castle Assault, the board game. I didn't want to put their names on here because you know what? Like innocent until proven guilty. Even though it's really clear that you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is insane. Man. Like it like, takes a whole new level of stupid. <laughs> Oh my god! Like whenever I read this, I was like, "No, they didn't." And then I looked at the picture. I was like, "Yes, they did." Oh my god! <laughs> oh lord! Uh, ta-da! <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to like uh, different news. Uh, last week we talked about Yu-Gi-Oh Worlds because it concluded. This week, uh, Pokemon Worlds has concluded. Yu-Gi-Oh Worlds took place in Tokyo. Pokemon Worlds took place in Yokohama. They were both in Japan this year. Um, a first place winner, and uh, this is just the winners and the and the runners up. Uh, so, first place winner for the TCG Masters event is a gentleman named Vance Kelly from the U.S. running a deck known as Fusion Mew. I don't know what the deck is comprised of, but apparently there's like a Fusion Strike set, and Mew in that Fusion Strike set is really really good. So that's probably it. Uh, top eight were Vance Kelly in first place, Tord Reckliv in second, Michael Pramawat in third, Azul Garcia Griego in fourth, Dionysus Lee in whatever comes after that, Victor Manuel Garcia Montes after that, Shoichi Saito in seventh, and Pank Kai Hing in eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Moving Those on. are names of people. Moving on into the VC, VGC, which is the video game. So this is uh, using Scarlet and Violet. Uh, first place was bon, was uh, first place was won by Shohei Kimura from Japan. 
Uh, his team consisted of Fluttermane, Urshifu, Chien Pao, Iron Hands, Etherian Landorus, and Amoongus. Uh, in case you have no context for Pokemon the TCG, uh, Therian uh, Landorus and Amoongus have been staples of competitive teams for almost what feels like six, seven years now. Like every team since like X and Y that I can remember was running some version of Therian Landorus and Amoongus. So, yeah. No, those guys never go out of style. However, you know, like I'll, several of them, like three of uh, uh, on his team were from recent gen, uh, four from his team were in recent gens. So like, you know, Fluttermane and Iron Hands, those are new Paradox Pokemon in Scarlet and Violet. Uh, Chien Pao is one of the legendaries and Urshifu is a legendary from Sword and Shield. So kind of neat. Yeah. Top eight. And Among Us. Yeah, and Among Us. Uh, and top eight, Shohei Kimura, Michael Kelch, Mao Harada, Federico Camporesi, Abdullah Mohayuddin, Victor Medina, Nicolas Hoj, Nielsen, Matty Morgan. I like the I like the Nicolas Hoj. Nielsen. Nielsen. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I, I thought there was a comma there. There was not. Uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, I, I'm surprised every time that I find out that it it has, in fact, a, a competitive scene. But here we are. Uh, first place, it's AXN from the U.S., uh, who is a Team Mystic. Uh, his team... Which one was, like, the most hated? What was the yellow team? Was that Valor? Uh, the yellow team was uh, Instinct. I remember, I remember yellow team was, like, the one that everyone was, like, uh, yeah. they're, like... The, they're they're horrible. Don't join them. Everyone crapped on team team instinct. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, Pokemon. Uh, so it's AXN is a team Mystic guy. Uh, his team consisted of Corrupted Swampert, Metacham, Sableye, Corrupted, Alolan Sandslashed, uh, Noctowl, Lantern, and the runner-up was Rubik's Master. And his name was spelled with like little x, little x, big x on both ends of his name. Kind of it's like, XX Rubik's Master XX. Come on, you gotta right. actually say his name, or else it doesn't count. Right, right, right. But if, what I'm trying to say is that this is like a classic AOL email address from back in the day, right? It's like a classic gamer tag right there. I don't know what you mean AOL <laughs> messages. It's gamer tags right there. Right. Uh, next up, uh, Pokemon Unite uh, was won by Team Luminosity, who I've come to find out actually has esports teams for a lot of different games, not just Pokemon Unite. Uh, yeah, um, with a lot of actual teams like that, mm -hmm. it, it, if it's like a it, Luminosity is like someone who has a team for pretty much every game. Yeah. Same with like Team Liquid, Team. Uh, like not not as sincere has a bunch of different games that they have teams for. Mm. It's when you get like people from those teams that make their own team that you have something unique. But yeah, Luminosity is a actual like gaming company. Right, right. And uh, so I saw that they had teams for Valorant. They had teams for like you know name it. They they have a team for it. Uh, so let's see. Uh, first place team Pong. Lumina Pong probably yeah. Team Luminosity mm -hmm. from the U.S., or from North America, I should say, one of them was Canadian, was comprised of Sean Tucker, William Burns III, Ki-Hyun Lee, Angelo Hang, Amrit Rama, and Nicholas Kim. And team composition for the for the game was Glaceon, Blastoise, Leafeon, Clefable, 
and Trevenant. The runner-up was Team OMO Abyssinian, which I don't know if they're also an esports league team thing. I've not heard of them, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So this is like basically the the breakdown of uh, all of the teams that took home the that took home the gold. But as we all know, no world's event is complete without its fair share of controversy, and the controversy here is. For the first time in a long time, the Pokemon company disqualified people who were caught using uh, hacked Pokemon. Now, this is kind of like a very common thing where people will will use hacked Pokemon. And usually it's frowned upon, but it very rarely sees like a like a like any consequence. So this time it, it there being a consequence kind of rose up a whole lot of uh a whole lot of a fuss, uh, and specifically the trainer that was subject to the to the disqualification was Brady Smith. Um, I couldn't find out which of his Pokemon was hacked, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of probably the fucking Magikarp with more than just Splash. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why does your Magikarp no seismic toss? Hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> but the 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 thing about this is is that. To get a Pokemon with the ideal like nature, the intrinsic values, the effort values, the the uh, like literally everything that it needs to be competitive, takes a lot of time. Uh, yeah. Some people go about it by like you know breeding Pokemon, and you know kind kind of like you know gets uh, it takes several thousand, several hundred generations of eggs hatching before you find the one that you're looking for, and. and it's kind of come down to the point, and this is weird because even though like Pokemon don't exist IRL, we very much live in a Pokemon world because people who are interested in competing in the Pokemon uh, tournament scene can hire Pokemon breeders, people who that's all they do is they sit on their Scarlet and Violet version and breed Pokemon for people willing to pay for this Pokemon. So, like, usually what you'll do is you'll go online and maybe there's a scene for it. I'm not privy to that. Um, but, like, you can you can kind of, like, throw your, your search net out there. Be like, hey, I'm looking for somebody. Yeah, you, just, you, just go on, you just go on the search engine and you type in Pokemon breeding. Don't. And you, you just search for Pokemon breeding online. Don't do and that. That's, uh... Do not. <laughs> uh, don't, don't look up Gardevoir breeding if you want to get a good Gardevoir. Don't do it. Uh, but, but that, that's kind of what they do is, you know, like you, you, you commission a Pokemon breeder to make the Pokemon that, that you want. And here's the thing, you know, like when you're doing business online, you should always know who you're doing business with. Cause sometimes these people are shady and they'll do something like, they'll just use like an action replay, a game shark, what have you to generate a Pokemon that fits the, the, everything that you had asked for. And then they'll trade it to you. And, you know, as we know, they're, they're basically like, you know, like just indistinguishable from any other Pokemon that you would have caught otherwise or that you would have hatched otherwise. But uh, the Pokemon company has ways of testing to see if a Pokemon has been generated or if it's legit. Uh, so it, it kind of ended yeah, up... Yeah, because there's... Each one has like a unique code. Right. And if your code is different than what uh konami or not a konami code, the whatever. pokemon company uh, the, yeah what i don't who fucking owns pokemon the pokemon company oh uh, so pokemon is just pokemon yeah it's not like it, it used to be like a 
it used to be Nintendo Game Freak, but uh, eventually, like, it made enough money to where now it's the Pokemon Company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Fantastic. But you were saying? Oh, I don't even fucking remember. Yeah, so, like, uh, you, you were saying something about code. Uh, each one has their own unique code. Yeah. That uh, if it doesn't match up with, like, what it, a code should be, it probably is just like, hey... This is fake. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah. So it, this is uh this is a fake Pokemon, and uh, this uh, guy Brady Smith got caught with it. We and... all live in a Pokemon world. Yeah, Pokemon. I wanna be the greatest master of them all. The greatest master. We all live in a Pokemon world. Pokemon. Put myself to the test to be better than be all better the than rest. all the rest. So you want to be a master Pokemon? Do you have the skills to be number one? Yeah, so, like, you, you, you get it. You, you see where I'm coming from. Every day we're losing our mind. <laughs> uh, next up, in anime news, question mark, the Japanese government has decided that anime is a traditional Japanese um, art form. And as a result... Like, hell, it's American now. We're, we're kind of adopting it worldwide, aren't we? But uh, because it, they see it as kind of like part of their culture now, uh, the Japanese Agency for Cultural Affairs is looking to, to get their hands on uh, key animation cells, uh, key animation drawings and animation cells from uh, popular anime over the, over the years, over the decades, uh, because these things are actually collector's items now. So, like, you know, people are buying them. You know, like, collectors are, are obtaining, like, you know, like, oh, this is a, a, an animation cell from Inuyasha. I need it. You know, I need it for my collection. He, here's the thing. So, like, they're wanting <laughs> they're wanting to get their hands on, on them and, you know, kind of, like, keep them away from the collectors. Because what they're hoping to do is to, to generate uh, tourism by putting all of these uh, key animation drawings and the, the cells... Uh, into kind of like a like a museum sort of situation, uh, so be they, they're kind of hoping to you know put it in a national exhibit, so that way anime fans from around the world will be in uh, will feel enticed to visit Japan and go see these things, which are now part of the the, the cultural heritage of Japan. So, kind of a neat thing. Yeah. Yeah. You said words there that I completely and totally understood and was not spacing out. Um, yeah. Do you understand VTubers? No. You don't understand VTubers? No, not really. Because VTuber news. VTuber news. Rose, that's the thing that I understand. Rosemi Lovelock has a new outfit reveal, and it's cute. Oh. Anyway, next slide. <laughs> so, Rosemi Lovelock is a uh, rose-themed VTuber affiliated with Nijisanji English, uh, the, specifically their second generation, known as Obsidia. Uh, the new outfit, it kind of deviates from her normal look, which you, normally she's covered in, like, thorns and, like, you know, roses and, like, petals and stuff like that and vines, uh, you know, kind of, like, indicative of the fact that she's a rose. Uh, the new one is uh, surprisingly lacking those elements, and she's going for a more neutral look. So she's got a beret, a new coat, and uh, I didn't see this myself, but apparently her new design has her like either 
wearing like sandals or like going barefoot because uh, a lot of people were making a huge fuss over the fact that we can see her toes now. Uh, and it it has uh, sparked uh, Rosemi Lovelock fans to nickname the new look Toesemi. Yeah, that's just something that people do. <laughs> and uh, this has been a little bit of a long episode, but you know we're on the last slide now. So you you, you excited? Moist Critical no longer under contract with Twitch. Uh, the contract came to its natural end to just its conclusion, and Moist Critical kind of sees this as an opportunity to spread his wings as a as a streamer. Uh, so he's not leaving Twitch per se, but now he's not exclusive. Uh, he does have a yeah, very popular he can YouTube stream channel. on like YouTube and all yeah. that. Yeah, exactly, and he does have a very popular YouTube channel, Penguin Zero. Um, and he's like, he's basically like a, a recognizable figure in the YouTube community too. So it's kind of like, you know, even though he was a Twitch exclusive, you still saw him on YouTube, right? Um, yeah, well, like he, he got a start on YouTube like many, many years ago because he played a game called Quop, huh. which is, it's, it's like a running game where you use QWOP to control this person's like, arms and legs and he he just monotone played the game and was like making his funny commentary as he does yeah and he got picked up by ray william johnson back when he used to do equals three really and he just blew up from that huh well that's that's a thing i i guess something i was unaware of uh, yeah, but yeah, Moise critical. You know, he's uh, he's looking to do new things with his career, which is exciting. You know, like he's uh, I I like him. You know, like he's he's a pretty fun person to watch from time to time. Um, I don't agree with all of his takes. He's he's done reviews on things before where I was like, yeah, you're being overly critical, Moist. But you know, uh, that being said, I feel I, like you just wanted to say that. I, I honestly that came out. As I was speaking, like I did not plan for that, but uh, press exit out. Yeah, but anyway, that's that's our last slide. You know, just like in streamer news. So thank you for watching. Please remember to like, comment, and share. If you have things that you'd like for to for us to look into for next week, please feel free to drop them in the comments. We'd be happy to like look into them and maybe talk about them next time. Um, and additionally, yeah, like this Sunday, we have a big, big, big episode planned because there will be five of us on the chat. There will be five of us. So, uh, three guests plus Dare and myself, and we will be discussing anime power systems. We're basically going to have a huge argument like we had earlier today about what's better, a resource system in card games or no resource system in card games. But we're going to be talking about power systems. So like chi in Dragon Ball or like uh, spiritual pressure in Bleach or Nen in Naruto. Let's, let's be fair. It's all just chi. It's just different names for chi. Oh, you're going to be surprised about that, Dare. But, you know, so, yeah, or like... Chi is just chakra, which is just spirit energy, which is just... It's all the same thing, Bird. Nen from Hunter Hunter or The Riz from Cory in the House, you know? Like, we we got, like, all of the... <laughs> I fucking dare you to put Cory in the House on that <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, 
so you know it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun episode you don't want to miss it you know like we're, we're gonna have fun uh i expect there to be a lot of conversing and a lot of disagreements i have a couple of hot takes that i know are gonna trigger some people so i'm i'm the <laughs> correct one yeah and dare will dare's uh uh opinion will be objectively based uh so yeah you know like i i have i have fun introductions planned for everybody who will be there so you know like uh you, you guys uh prepare yourself and we'll see you on sunday uh so until next time i have been the midnight bard and my, my i have been the midday bear there there bear he has been the day bear adios <laughs> Bye.